Hi, this is Dawn Sharina. This is my podcast, Answering Bipolar. Today's guest is Dr. Jason Giles. Jason is the host of Habit Doctor podcast and also the author of Deep Under, which is yet to yet to be released. Jason is also the creator of the VHab app, which is an app that will help you to break bad habits. So without further ado, let's bring on Dr. Giles. Good morning. Hey, how are you? I'm doing awesome. How are you doing today? I'm doing great too. Sorry for the mix-up. I didn't. I didn't know it was it's supposed okay. to be over on this uh, side. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. It's not like we're going anywhere, right? So it's not like we have to worry about no, that kind, kind of stuff. On lockdown. I, yeah, you're kind of on like serious lockdown. We're still pretty easy here in Arizona, um, but yeah, I feel for you. I really do. I don't. Well, we'll talk about that. But I don't know what I would do if I was in your instance right now. I mean. Just go with the flow, I guess, but I well, don't know. Get get arrested, I guess, for violating curfew. Yeah. Or, uh, yeah. Have I see you done that, that yet? <laughs> well, you know, you have to go outside. It's uh, <clears throat> it's uh, it's tough, right? Because yeah. you, you, because you don't know if you're the person who's got the problem. And I think the best advice is to assume that you – are infected, right? Just yeah. even the, even if you have no symptoms, it's just assume that you're a carrier. Some, I think I read recently that sometimes, uh, in some cases, uh, up to a quarter of people who have no symptoms at all have the virus, and that's wow. how it's that's a lot of how it's spreading. It's not just sick people coughing on sick people or coughing on well people. It's uh, you don't know you have it, and and so the safest thing is to assume that you do. Not that you need to go to the hospital because you have it. Right. Because if you're not sick, if you don't feel bad, then it doesn't matter that you have it. But uh, that you stay away from people, right? Because you don't want to don't want to give it to someone else. And right. if you do, if you do that, right? If you assume that you're contagious, uh, even if you have no symptoms, well, then naturally you're going to stay apart from people, right? You're not going to. Uh, uh, you, you definitely aren't going to want to get within six or eight or ten feet of them. You're not going to go to big gatherings. You're not going to go see your grandpa. Grandma. Yeah, yep. exactly. And I think that's the safest thing from uh, in terms of personal and also work, right? So you're not going to go work around your coworkers. You're going to do something like this where you're talking over the phone or on a on Zoom or whatnot. And right. uh, that's the smartest thing to do. Um, <clears throat> With that said, it doesn't mean if to, just because you're uh, uh, contagious in this imaginary universe where everyone's infected or acting like he is, uh, just because you are doesn't mean that you can't go outside, right? Or can't, right. Uh, uh, you know, get some fresh air, or can't go for a walk, or can't walk your dog, or any of the rest of that stuff, because just because you're uh, in this imaginary scenario, carrying the virus, you can't spread it to anyone if you don't come in contact with them. So stay, mm -hmm. stay, stay away from people. Uh, I just saw a thing the where I live in Los Angeles. The mayor wants people to wear masks uh, at all times when they're outside, which yeah. is which is absurd. Is that is that overkill a little bit? I yeah, mean, it's, it's overkill. Yeah, yeah. it's a, it's, it's not transmitted like that i mean it has to be face-to-face -face contact somebody coughs on you sneezes on you um there's, something like that there's conflicting reports i've seen stuff where it says it can you know stay in the air for a long time but but that's indoors 
So if you're if you're okay. outdoors, uh, it's going to dissipate. It's going to yeah. dissipate. That's right. And and there's a certain point. I mean, it's cool. I'm talking to you about this. There's a certain point where you where it just gets to you, where being cooped up or having you know not being able to in, interact with other people. I just read an article in the uh, Wall Street Journal today about what happens when we're in isolation. Uh, the Supreme Court not long ago ruled that solitary confinement is cruel and unusual yeah. punishment because human beings need to interact with other human beings at, 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 in some way, you know, at some level. And we do it all the time. People we live with, people mm -hmm. on the streets, people we work with for sure. Store, we don't, yeah, yeah. We don't even think about yeah. it. Yeah, just those yeah. little micro interactions, right? The the raised eyebrow yeah. and this little smile and the eyes. Exactly. And, yeah. Right. Or or the flipping of the bird if you're driving crazy. Or totally. Whatever. Right. Or or even the body <laughs> language of the car. Right. Like. Yep. You're not getting in my lane. And and. Uh, exactly. <laughs> and so there's that correspondence that there's another. There's another person, right? There's a human being there, just like me. Okay, we're not in this alone. All right, I can go on another day. Right. It's just, I mean, simplistic way of looking at it. But we, we need to we need to interact with other people. So it, the article is, is pretty good. It's it's about how people are figuring that out and how some things there's just not a substitute for. There's just not a not a substitute for direct face-to-face, uh, -face, even if that's separated by uh, a, a computer screen. A, yes, a, you can do some stuff with computer screens, <clears throat> but you need you need some kind of little bit of face to face interaction, and uh, and so my I get me get me spitballing on this, but my 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 worry <laughs> about uh, the face masks is that that makes that even harder, right? Even harder. Right. I was at the grocery store yesterday, getting. Uh, couple of things and uh everyone's all spaced out right so we're six feet apart standing in line with our little cart i only had a couple of things i just had a little basket and uh, i saw a woman very attractive uh, wearing what looked like uh, uh something you'd go out to dinner in even though this was about three o'clock in the afternoon at the supermarket <laughs> like she had this beautiful blue dress on and these way too big uh gloves black like you know like the gloves the cops would wear if they were investigating a scene or arresting you and they were but they were three sizes too big for her so they're floppy on her hands uh she had a bottle of wine she was looked like a dinner guest she looked like she was heading into a long drive to go somewhere to be a dinner guest that's 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 what it looked like and uh earrings hair you know hair done up and a mask that wouldn't stay on and oh my god and so she was i mean the poor lady she was she looked r ridiculous anyway and then trying <laughs> to keep it all going but we had a little moment she was in the in the uh the aisle the next aisle over and no conversation right because there's you know right but just a little face-to-face -face interaction like yeah can you believe what we're going through is what she seemed to be saying <laughs> and like you look ridiculous and she said i know you know no words just face expressions back and forth and uh <laughs> And so my worry with the masks is that we're going to lose that touch of humanity, that little bit of, you know, well-wishing and, and just tagging up as a person to another person. But uh, anyhow. Yeah. It's, so uh, 
So you couldn't ask her what what what's all going on if she was like in her own home movie or yeah, right. You know. It's a reality show. I think it was uh, it was actually better that no words were exchanged. You didn't know? Yeah, it's better that I didn't know because I could make up a better story. Uh, I like my yeah. story. Why are you yeah. getting a, just a single bottle of wine at three o'clock in the afternoon? Wine. I talked to my I told the story to my kids and. Uh, uh, my daughter, she's 16. She said, she's going home to drink that herself. <laughs> I thought, well, it's like, maybe. You know, I mean, maybe this is the only opportunity she's going to ever have to wear this beautiful blue dress and get herself all glamoured yes. up. You know, yes, you know. she's you know, going, go, doing it with style. Right, exactly. It was, that's so, that's that's so very, funny because I had mm -hmm. a dream this, today about this dress. I was going through my wardrobe to go through something, and my mother, who is long deceased, had pulled the dress out that I wanted to wear. So it's kind of funny that that comes up today because it was like, and I found an alternative beautiful blue dress. And believe me, it wasn't me at the liquor store yesterday in California. So it's, it's just interesting it's correspondence. Really yeah. Funny. So we're, I mean, we're Isn't we're getting it? through. We're managing. We're suffering through, and. Uh, which is all, which is all fine. I, you know, I, it's a, it's serious, right? So it's serious. It's a, it's a serious yeah, problem and people serious. are dying and it's, it's a big deal. And, uh, you know, and even in the middle of all this countries aren't telling the truth, you know, China's lying about their, about their I numbers know, right in the middle of all this, right. When it would make a big difference when we're tracking stuff and what, you know, what's effective and people are trying. And, and Russia's tried to, Russia's kind of just dropped out of the right. whole picture. Oh, that's right? right. That's a country. I forgot. No Russia's idea. a country. Yeah. Yeah, it is a country. <laughs> and we have no idea what's going on over there at all. They're just totally, like, blocked any news coming from there. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. But, I mean, I guess from, like, in New York City, they're all doing the 7 o'clock a.m., like, shout-out from their balconies and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. Like that's that. neat. Yeah. Yeah, these little expressions so, of humanity. Yeah, Russia has no cases. And uh, the, you'll be you'll be exactly. shot if you say otherwise. I think is what's going on over there. Exactly, and it's like there's other countries too, like Indonesia. There's nothing coming from there whatsoever, and it's mm. kind of like weird little facets that we have no clue what's going on. But if they have an earthquake in Indonesia, I'm sure we'll be it, heard about that, and then all the million people. It'll that be on the news for sure, either. right? That'll be all over. Yeah, so, so it's strange, so anyway, strange times. Very strange times. So let's move on to you. You're a habit yep. doctor, which a habit doctor, and I looked it up to make sure I had the right definition of habit, which is a settled or regular tendency or practice, especially one that is hard to mm -hmm. give up. Yes. So the Habit Doctor podcast, what do you talk about on your podcast? Well, it's a combination of those two things. So there's a uh, uh, thank you, by the way, for your interest and, and uh, curiosity. Oh, wow. I think that's the, that's the key to happy life is being curious and yeah, habits are um, – there's all sorts of great definitions for them. My, my favorite is second nature, right? So it's not, it's not the stuff that, that's uh, all over Wendell Holmes. So it's not, it's not the stuff that we're born with. It's uh, – but they become as if they're our nature, our intrinsic nature, right? They become automatic. And uh, uh, so from a, a structural standpoint, the, the brain um, – is the right? It's the most energetically demanding organ in the body. It per uh, gram per gram or pound per pound, it, it uses more energy than any other tissue, except maybe the retina. 
your, your the part of your eye that for, for, forms that's the image, and that's really probably part of the brain if you think about it uh, accurately. Right. So the brain uses all this energy for its weight. It's a hog, right? So <laughs> nowadays, even with the quarantine, we go to the grocery store and pick up a box of Cap'n Crunch or a, you know uh, some salmon or mm, or a vegan quiche or whatever you're buying at the grocery store and. <clears throat> Uh, food, for the most part, in the developed world, is not a problem. In America, it's it's a problem the other way, right? We have too many calories. But not right. that long ago, when we were having to uh, hunt and gather uh, individually or in small bands for our food before agriculture, which isn't that long ago, right? So, I don't know, twelve to fifty thousand right. years ago, something like that. You're you're basically surviving on whatever you catch, which means you've got to catch twenty five percent more just to keep your brain going. So that's a big tax on survival uh, for, for a creature roaming the plains like us. We have to catch and eat and digest and use more food in order to survive. And so we do that with our bodies, of course, but the brain runs the enterprise and it needs a lot of energy. And when you can make uh, a repetitive action automated, it uses less energy in the brain. Right, you don't have to. You don't have to get your whole uh, cerebral cortex, right, the frontal lobes, thinking about what you're doing, paying attention, micro adjustments in your movements. Let's say throwing a rock at a rabbit, right, to so you can catch it and eat it. Uh, if you make that routine automatic, right, how you're holding the rock, where your eyes go, leading the target a little bit, all that stuff, you're more likely to get the rabbit. And you don't have to use as much brain power in order to get it. And that's true for all kinds of stuff, talking, walking, right? You don't think about walking, but when you're a baby learning right. to walk, each step you have to concentrate on. And so we're built, right. to, we're built to make habits, and, that, and habit is just another way of saying that this part of the brain does something uh, easier than it used to. So easy sometimes, in fact, that it feels automatic, almost like second nature. So that's how I look at habits. And I think, I think a lot of stuff is like that, right? A lot of stuff. Definitely. Go ahead. Well, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking about what they're telling about face touching. It's like, wow, how often do we actually yes. touch our faces yes. like, as a habit? I, you know, I've been trying to count that daily, like see how often I do it. And it's like, oh my gosh, why do we do right. this so much? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> why do we do this so much? And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yes, well, ha uh, nervousness, routine, automatic, reassurance. Part of why we cover our mouths with our hands is uh, social, right? We don't want to give away our expressions. Uh, right. Part of what we right. do is uh, it's, it's uh, subconscious or, you know, you touch your head when you're thinking or you, uh, yeah. Scratch. I scratch my chin a lot. Why I scratch my chin every time. Like I'm playing a lot of words with friends lately, like way too much. And um, I noticed that I was yeah. like the old man, like touching his chin, <laughs> I think. And it's like, Tug what is tugging up your beard. With that? Yeah. yeah, tugging out my beard, which right. I don't have one. <laughs> so, yeah, so some of these are habits. There are, you know, people bite their nails is a question of habit. They, uh, they do also, yeah, twirl, twirl your, your hair, hair, pull your hair, pick at a scab, right? Crack your knuckles. There's a lot, a lot of things that are just, yep. we do them because we do them. It didn't start that way, yep. but they become and very easy to engage in and 
we do that all the time, right? We do we navigate our houses by yep. by routine. You know where the furniture is. You can see in low light in most cases because you know where the coffee table is, and you know we're 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 built to build habits and then to maximize the crap out of them, right? To to really squeeze them for all they're yep. worth because they're very efficient, right? They save us. They they in some ways, so long as in this case of the rabbit hunting. The rabbit turns that way, which we think it's going to turn based on how it's little out, you know, the, the, the rear leg moves. We think it's going to go that direction. And mm -hmm. if, and if we're good at that, it's almost like we're predicting the future, right? We can see, okay, based on this, I bet that rabbit's going to go that way. And if I throw this rock here, I bet I'm going to hit it and eat dinner. And so it gives us this tremendous sense of control having habits. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. It makes and so that's sense, how the actually. brain works for it. Yeah. Brain's complicated, right? There's no one says no one. We don't have it figured out yet. Right. And, uh, uh, but this this feature, when I talk about like riding a bike, is the is this sort of uh, old chestnut about habits. Everybody says, oh yeah, I know what that means. Like I didn't ride a bike for years, but I climbed back on and I could ride. Uh, it's because the skill set to acquire balancing a top you know, an intrinsically unstable machine while you're pedaling it and steering it, that's hard. And once, right, hard, I, when I learned how to ride a bike, I, I crashed a yeah. hundred times, right? Skin, knees, and Office. yeah, exactly. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. sprained oh, yeah. wrist and wreck bike and scrapes and black eyes and all black that stuff. And, uh, yep. but then, but then I got it, right? And once I got it so far, I haven't ever forgotten how to ride a bike. And, uh, Forgot. So it's true with all kinds of stuff. It's also true with – so predicting and controlling the future is enormously powerful. If you can do that, well, you're in much better shape. So we build things to predict the future, right? So computers and, and big mathematical counting engines, the, uh, the Mayans built the pyramids so they could see where the constellations were so they knew when the planting season was going to come. Same in Egypt, right? With the when the Nile was going to flood, yep. and so if you can predict the future, like if you could predict that there was going to be a global viral pandemic, you wouldn't you have been in better shape than if you didn't, right? We'd have bought ventilators, we'd have had masks, oh, we'd have had stuff yep. ready to go. Yes, so we all want to be able to predict the future, everybody. And having a habit, unless you get the habit wrong, right? Unless the rabbit turns the other way. Uh, the habit's very useful. Mm -hmm. If the rabbit turns the other way, your habit is now a problem because you're used to doing a certain thing and now the world has gone the other direction. So habits are both right. our salvation because they are energy efficient in the brain, but they're also our downfall when we rely on them too much. In other words, it feels so good to be able to predict the future that sometimes and this gets where, where drug addiction is, you know, it feels so good to predict how I'm going to mm -hmm. feel next Friday on payday when I go to the bar with my friends that even though I really mm -hmm. should be studying for my, you know, entrance exam to the thing that I want to go do, I'm going to go to the bar. And that's where the habit is in the way now. And that's where, because, because these automatic you know, co-firing neurons in the brain or habit loops, as I call them, because they're so 
uh, easily triggered because they're so easy, you know, they kind of have a life of their own, second nature, right? Uh, we find ourselves doing things that we kind of know we shouldn't be doing, but they're, they feel so good. They feel so familiar. They feel so uh, right that they're hard to break. I think that's the second part of your definition, right? They're, they're hard, they're hard to break. In fact, yeah. in fact, I, I do don't think you break them. Up. Yep. They're still there, right? Like riding a bike. So if you're a person who drank alcohol, like I did, so it became an automatic habit, that system of drinking that way, it's still there. I can reactivate it, right? Like turning on an old car just needs a new battery and, uh, and then mm -hmm. it, it'll run. And so the only solution is to use that system, right? You can't have a different brain or have your brain work differently than it does. So you have to deal with what you've got. And what you've got is this habit forming system. So what do we do? You better make another habit, a habit that becomes more automatic, right? That's easier to activate, a competitive habit that says, okay. I don't know, to continue that silly story about the bar, uh, you know, I go to the library on Friday nights to study or, or whatever, whatever the other habit is. And it takes time to build those things, just like it took time to build the riding the bike habit or drink or drinking in the first place or anything that we get good at, right? Playing the piano or words with friends. I bet you got better at it the more you played, right? Right. Mm -hmm. I have. I've yeah. gotten a lot, lot better. <laughs> Going up to a lot of levels. Yeah. And now it's like, and now it's kind of funny because when I'm not playing, yep. I'm thinking about it. And I'm thinking about words, and I'm thinking, wow, yes. maybe I should read the dictionary so that I can yeah. beat person. And what's over his strategy? Here. And how come he yeah. keeps, you know, just go to the left side of the board first? <laughs> start, right? Exactly. Uh -huh. Right, exactly. <laughs> and it has, it's almost become an addiction in a way because when I'm not thinking about it, I'm kind of like, I'm missing something. What am I supposed to be doing now I'm, instead? And it's like, mm, playing I'm, words with friends, yeah, what yes. I should be doing. I'm really glad that, yes, I'm really glad that you mentioned that yeah. because I think, <laughs> so whatever we pay attention to uh, is important. Now, a lot of people have that backwards. They think, I pay attention to the things that are important. And I would bet you that a month ago, words with friends was not nearly as important as it is now. It wasn't even on my. It wasn't even on my radar. So I, the things we focus it, on, right? they start to fill up our minds, right? They fill up our attention. Isn't that cool? And so when you're focused on yep, drinking, you yeah. think more about drinking, and then drinking becomes really important. When you're focused on getting good at beach volleyball or playing the cello or, you know, watching all the Francis Coppola movies, you get better at it. Tiger King, right? That's Tiger going. I haven't, King. I haven't seen it yet. I'm Last not, night at dinner, I was like, what, what's Tiger King? Uh, I, I don't know. I have. I don't know. What is Tiger King exactly? I yeah. know what Tiger King is. I haven't seen it yet. But um, yeah, it's it's apparently the new addiction for our society. It's the Tiger shared King experience. Yeah. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> yes. So yeah. uh, anyhow, that's the habit. That's what a habit doctor is. So I, I'm, you know, I'm a medical doctor and, uh, uh, and I... I started in uh, surgery and then went into anesthesia. Got very interested in what consciousness is and you know what does it mean to be awake and so forth. 
then I had my own experience with getting sober and I got very interested in that. I used to not care about that stuff, but then once it affected me, I got super interested. And then the more like words with friends, the more I studied and learned about it, the more interesting it got, the more I knew, the more I wanted to know. And I got super impressed with, uh, you know, all that, all that stuff. And, um, and then I got uh, certified as an addiction doctor because that's to describe mm -hmm. habits. Uh, it's a, sort of a facet of habits. And the longer I spent looking at that, the more I came to the conclusion, and then this is a little bit controversial, that, that that's really what it is. It's a, it's a habit, So we, which we used to call it that, right, before the medicalization of this problem. We said, I have a drinking habit oh, or yeah. smoking habit, right? Yep. Kick the habit. Yep. It was it was part of yep. part of the vernacular, right? That's what Kick we said. The habit. Exactly. And now it's a disease, and it's a, you know chemical imbalance, and all the rest of this stuff, which are, um, you know, it's uh, I, I don't know, but I'm trying to add a fresh voice to it, which is to say that part of why people drink uh, to and get themselves in trouble with repetitive drinking is it's a habit, right? It's a it's a habit. Yeah, it's what they do. I mean, I remember back in the day when I was an alcoholic and I would wait for my, my guy to get off work and we would have our own bar stools and we would sit there all night, maybe play a little pool in between it. But I mean, that's what we did. And like the days that we didn't do that, we would sit at home and look at each other like, what are we doing? We didn't, we didn't have any other means of socialization besides that. Like we didn't even know how to talk to each other unless we were at the bar, right. which is, you know, terrible. But, um, you know, I mean, it's like what, when we were not in that, in our, in our cycle, we didn't know what to do. I mean, we'd, we'd eat at the bar, all our friends, quote unquote, friends were at the bar. Our life was at the bar, basically, other than his job, you know, because I wasn't, <laughs> I was too good an alcoholic to get a job. Right. A purist. You know, like, <laughs> like, you know? I mean, I uh -huh. was, I was a pure, yeah, exactly. I mean, that, that's all there was to it. So yeah, I know that makes sense. But, um, so, like, somebody with a dual diagnosis, like, I have diagnosis, I've been pretty sober, let's leave it at that. I mean, I don't drink anymore. Um, my doctors think I have a weed problem, which I think they have a problem mm -hmm. with me doing weed. But, um, you know, it's, yeah. But, um, so, somebody with a dual diagnosis in an addiction versus a mental health, they sometimes it's kind of weird because within your own mental health diagnosis, you set up your Wait, own. Wait, say habits. that again. Within your own. Right. So like. Yes. Yeah. True. Right. Everybody. Yeah. Everyone's a snowflake. I I agree. You start. Your I agree. Because you have your own experience, right? You have your okay. own filter, <laughs> your own experience, your own understanding, your own vocabulary, exactly. your own challenges. You know, Don, Don Shireen's case is not in any textbook. Exactly. Right. Nor 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 is Jason Giles and. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They're they're all they're all uh, specific to you. There's you can start to generalize about some things, but come on, if anyone tells you they understand how the brain works, they're pulling your leg. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're lying. Nobody understands that. Yeah. So within my mental health, let's say these are these are three of my habits that I came up with. Yep. Okay, I'm not good enough. Yep. I yes, I love that. that I love that. Habit. That's exactly okay. right. That's exactly right. Okay, keep going. Oh. Yep. Okay, it's always been this yep. way. Yep, yep. 
collapsing so time, tel telescoping that time, right? Infinity is today, and then, never going to be different, and always been like this. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Never going to be different. Always. Yeah. Always and right. never. Two words that, you know, <laughs> you know, you're never supposed to, you're never supposed to use those words all the time. Right. So, and then I put the third one, which now I'm looking at going, I'm trying to figure out what I meant by it, but it's like the pull of the addiction over. Say more about that. I don't understand that. Habits. <laughs> yeah. I don't understand that one either. So I'm trying to figure out. Okay. <laughs> I try to figure out what I wrote here, but it'll come to me. But the first two, so the, this negative self-talk and the always been this way habit. How, how do you, how do you break, break the that? negative self-talk habit? How do you so I have the negative self-talk habit also, yeah. and I think it's a, a, a really kind of the bedrock of how I got into trouble. You know, how, how I wound up being an IV narcotics addict is the negative mm -hmm. self-talk. The negative self-talk was so bad Oof. that uh. – that shooting dope seemed like a reasonable option just to get away from it. So I, I'm, I'm, wow. uh, I resemble that remark. And, um, and um, the, <laughs> uh, so first of all, I, I, I'll, I'll just skip all the way ahead to sort of the most important thing I learned about that, which is the, the negative self-talk, just because, you know, we okay. don't have a lot of time, but the asteroid's on its way, right? Or this, this plague is killing us all. So, the most important thing I learned uh, is that the negative exactly. self-talk is actually trying to help me. It's a, it's a voice of love that's trying to protect me. It's not evil. It's not bad. Huh. It's not the disease. It's not, it's not even negative. It's, uh, it's, like, it's like calling, you know, we have these um, missile defense systems uh, in America and a couple of other countries have them too, right? So if any, uh, hostile uh, countries decide that they're going to shoot missiles over here. We have these automatic detecting, tracking, and uh, sh shooting systems, whatever they're called, to, you know, mm -hmm. anti-missile defense. Yes, and yes, it's like yep. saying that that thing's bad, like having that's bad. And uh, it's not, right? In case somebody tries to harm us, these things fly into action automatically and protect us. The problem is mischaracterizing what's good and bad right so if it's a it's a flock of canada geese going over you don't really want to activate the anti-missile system right <laughs> and so a lot of a lot of what i was right. afraid of or you know the the things i thought the worst about myself uh were just uh mismeasurements right i, I mischaracterized what was happening um but the motivation for analyzing them and, re and recognizing them as threats was, was to protect me, right? Protect me from embarrassment, protect me from being outcast or protect me from, uh, you know, stigma or being ostracized or from, or from losing status or getting onto the, you know, bottom of the hierarchy, that sort of thing. Mm. And so I'm not going to tell Dawn Shireen what I'm actually thinking because she'll yeah, she'll probably reject me and, and probably humiliate me and laugh at me on this radio show. And then, so I'm just going to keep it to myself. And then <laughs> uh, that's the best thing is just don't, don't tell the truth, right? Don't, don't talk about being a drug addict or don't talk about having problems or don't tell the truth, right? Mental illness, right? Don't hang on to that. Or don't that's share that story because nope. she might be cool with it. But if she's not, then I'm really screwed. So I'll just... 
Right. And so the negative, t the negative talk, exactly. I think, tries to protect us. Yep. And if it's a, you know, if it's a nuclear missile coming from uh, Russia or the Soviet Union, I guess, back in the day, then, yeah, we want to activate the defense system because some Probably things defense. we shouldn't share publicly, right? And some things you have to be careful who you tell them to. But that doesn't mean right. never say anything about yourself ever or never open up. And uh, never ask for help, so you'll be seen as weak. That's that's shooting the defense system at the geese. That's yep. So I think I think, and then also that becomes a habit. Like, okay, right. well, I got through that interview. I didn't have to be honest, and all right. And then now that's how you present yourself, and that's how you think of yourself. I heard a guy the other day talking about this problem of not being candid, right? Not being honest, and he was telling a story. It's it's a famous guy, and. Uh, he was talking about getting a handle on this about someone would say, for example, what did you have for lunch? And he would think, what, what can I say here that will give me an advantage in this social situation about what I had for lunch? <laughs> Instead of saying, what? I had a chicken sandwich and uh, some uh, potato salad and nice tea, yeah. right? So instead of, instead of just saying the truth, it was so – and that, I think, is because – my interpretation of his comment is because it became a habit, right? It's, it's your – if you start to think of yourself, if you think of yourself long right. enough as being under siege, you got to defend yourself, then, yeah, you're just – you're mm -hmm. a person who's I've, under siege, yeah, which means yep. everything coming at you must be an attack, yep. including that flock of geese. So, so that negative voice, the way we exactly. characterize it and how we listen to it becomes a habit also. Does that make sense? It does make perfect sense. I, it makes, yeah, it makes sense. Because there was a time when, um, like, my PTSD was out of control. So I was hypervigilant on every aspect of my life. And I had had some bad experiences mm -hmm. when I moved to Arizona about being honest about my bipolarism, which, you know, um, I was shocked by because when I lived in Connecticut, I never had a problem with it. People were, oh, this is going to sound really awful to the people in Arizona, but they were more, they were well educated about mental health. Whereas out here, it seems to be a bit of a generational gap between, you know, yeah, it, it was, I'm telling you, uh -huh. there was a culture shock when I moved from, Connecticut to Arizona and I'm still <laughs> How long have you been in, in Arizona? Shock. It's kind of like, are you kidding me? It's still like this. Oh. <laughs> you know? yeah. I've been here almost 10 years now and it's still, I mean, I, I call it my home right. now. Like I don't call Connecticut home anymore. Like I miss home, right. but I, I miss something that never actually truly existed. And during this, sure. during this pandemic, I'm actually very grateful to be in Arizona yeah. seeing that Connecticut is part of that, mm -hmm. you know, that cluster of what's going on over there but I had learned early on in Arizona that talking about my mental right. health diagnosis wasn't going to get me anywhere except trouble and I I hid it for years and like and I I gave myself the belief that I had re, I'd, I'd gone into a remission mm. of my mental health which I guess is kind of true but in all actuality, it was just kind of a fib. I mean, I was doing okay with it. I was hiding it really well. I was maintaining really well. I was exercising and doing, right. eating right and everything that I knew to do besides medication to keep myself, you know, on an even flow. 
and then all of a sudden one day I woke up and I was in this depression that so it was all I of a sudden you didn't you didn't feel yourself like, unraveling oh and I knew no. yeah no it was like an overnight thing like I woke up and it was just like bam like oh crap I'm in the hole what do I do and I'm like I'm gonna have to be honest about this go get help because I didn't want to die which you know was the other option of like well I know how I know how my habit right I know how to get out of this really easy yes suicide right and it was like that's a terrible habit but it was like I knew that it was but I and I knew that it was effective yes. for how I was feeling and I was like oh man we don't want to go on this side of it and I went and I got help and I had to be honest about what was going on with my mental health oh wow and you know the podcast was born soon after that um yeah I mean, this is all last year. Last year, I was hospitalized two times, um, inpatient hospitalization for my depression. And um, when I came out the second time, which actually this time last year, I was still inpatient, right? It's kind of weird. I came out in like uh -huh. two weeks later because my, uh -huh. my year anniversary for the show is on the 17th of this month, which is like, I, I can't believe I made a year. Um, but yeah, because I came out and I was like, I have to do something to help people so they don't have to go through what I just went through twice within a three month period of time of being inpatient lockdown ward, you know, the whole nine yards going on and off my medication. Which so this is kind of an experiment. And, um, if I'm, if I'm catching it was just a mess. what you're saying, this, this so, is like a, a way for you to speak up, right? So it's not just to the people in Arizona, obviously this kind of stuff reaches worldwide. Yep. yep. And uh, it's a way to say, hey, you know, here I am, and this is a good day. Or the, I listen yep. to some of your stuff, and and it's just very, very straightforward. I mean, very open and totally honest, and it's great. Yeah. And it's like here, here, here I am. And whether this is the this is the magic, I think. This is what's really very interesting is whether or not anyone's listening, right? It isn't that someone's listening; it's that you're talking. And of course, right. of course, someone's listening. The 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 holdup is not. Right. That there are interested people who have a similar experience, who love you and care about you. That that's easy to find, but it doesn't feel that way. It feels like I can't talk about this. Yep. Nobody knows. I better keep to myself. It's going to be okay. Maybe I'll just kill myself. And right, because that seems like a I don't want to bother people. Exactly. I'll just kill myself. <laughs> and uh, it's nuts. And and yeah. it's. Uh, but it becomes a habit also, right? It becomes a habit also. And, and then like words with friends, we get obsessed with the yep. idea and you start noodling on it. And well, but you know, what would they do if they said this? And now they probably wouldn't. And then you just have a conversation with yourself. Okay. Have a conversation with yourself. That's fine. But record it and then broadcast yep. it. <laughs> and then let other people say, uh, hey, uh, don't you, really know, you know, and it's, um, but at least you get to hear, even if you don't hit, uh, you know, submit or send on the podcast or, or the or the article or the whatever, or if you don't show your journal to someone, right. you're seeing it. You're getting it out. And so here, you made my point, which is I think that negative voice was really saying, hey, reach out and connect to other people. You're not the only person going through this. Your experience is kind of generic in some way. You know, it's it's relatable. And other people can connect to it. Certainly other people in the similar spot. And maybe they don't have to be plagued with these thoughts on their own all the time. They can reach out and connect. And Right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yep. You got the whole idea. That's the whole premise of the show. Yep. That's
basically the premise of the show. I mean, I wasn't ever. And so, and so that way, so that voice (laughs) saying, kill yourself, it was saying, look, you can't keep this inside. It just sounded different. At least that's how, that's what mine was saying, right? Mine was, mine said, look, you've got to talk about this. And that's how I wound up here. That's how I became a habit doctor. And, and, And the stuff I'm interested in is the stuff that I struggle with, right? The stuff that's hard for me that holds my attention. I'm, I'm a crappy Scrabble player. And, uh, but yeah, but I, but I, I play, I play my kids and my my daughter (laughs) kicks my ass all the time. I can't even play my wife. My wife is like the best Scrabble player, except for my grandma. She's the best Scrabble player I've ever come across. And so it's hopeless to play her. It's just, it's like by how many hundreds of points you lose, not, are you going to win? Like, Oh, Hey, I got within a hundred points this time. That's that we have to consider a victory. Yeah. I feel good about that too. There's some yeah. players that I'm playing like level 26 and I'm like, I've at, at a level uh-huh. eight, uh-huh. which I've yeah, made it great. like under a week from a level, nothing to a level eight. So I'm pretty happy with that, but I play right. these level 26 people <laughs> and the first word is like 300 right. points. And I'm like, what am I doing? You know? And I'm like, do I want to continue with this? I've already beat, but I do continue on with it because I'm like that tenacious that I'm like one of these days I'm right. going to beat one. And I have, right. I beat right. somebody right. the other day exactly. and there's exactly. nobody here from but, but like, you try. Oh, yeah. Yes, you know? yes. So, you know, and I, pretty and I soon. beat him significantly. Yeah, you'll be kicking Joe Rogan's ass pretty soon. I don't give up. But it's going to take a little while, people, right? It's going to take, you got to stick with it. <laughs> got to stick with it. Yeah, right. There you go. I want I want Joe Rogan on my show, actually. I've been trying. Yeah, I've been hitting him up. I've been hitting him up a lot. And it's like, well, if I can't on my show, <laughs> I'm an interesting enough person that I could be on your show. And it's like, there you go. I, I, I there think you I go. can cover it. Plus, he smokes weed, right? So, I mean, <laughs> sure. Anyway, so speaking of weed, let's talk about the VHAB app. Beautiful. Welcome. Here. Um, I actually I signed up for your beta because, yeah, I do. Uh-huh. Thank you. I do have enough of a quote unquote weed issue, according to my doctors, that um, it fits. It fits what your category is for that, which is if okay. So if you are Looking yep. at the app, which yep. you can find, you find I found it on my Google Play Store, so it's probably on the Apple Store as well. Yep. I think and it's I think it's available. Yeah, it's like on one of these things where right not, I, you know, if I waited till it was perfect, looking, I'd never release it. So uh, you know, I know it needs, uh, and I've got a whole great team of really smart people who are making it prettier it. and smarter and more elegant and better and closer to what I have in mind. And I'm learning from the people who are on it also. And uh, so it's getting better. Uh, but yeah, I had to just say, okay, send because oh, cool. otherwise it would be one of these uh, unfinished projects. So thank you. For, thank you very much. So yes, it's, it's the whole thing is kind of, there's a guy called right. Reed well, Hastings who started a company called Netflix. And he said, it's pretty big. And he said, uh, yeah, you can look it up. And oh. he said, uh, if, you, if you're not it. embarrassed by your first <laughs> product that you put out there, and you waited too long to to ship, and so uh, which is you know what you did with the podcast. That for your first oh. podcast is eight minutes. Like, well, you, you know, here's what's going on, and uh, the next one is like, well, I didn't get an Easter basket. I mean, it's obviously you're figuring it out. Yep. You're figuring it out as you go, right? And <laughs> so I'm figuring it out as we go. Also, <laughs> the premise is that most people can't yes. afford to go to rehab. It's too expensive. 
uh, it's too expensive in terms of time. You can't be away from work. Well, turns out we can all be away from work for a month, I guess, right now. We're learning. But but in general, it's not something that you would choose to do because who's going to watch the kids right. and, and how are you no. going to get your job back and so forth. And uh, and also it's embarrassing as hell, right? It's just because exactly. it's no one wants to talk about being unable to control their own behavior. It's it's really uh, it's really but you know in our society still it's very it's a touchy subject so yeah yeah unless you're a bad, in a certain right right yeah of which going to rehab is like an award system right of how but that's very few people mostly very fail, rich people who can afford to go many many times and uh, or you know where some ridiculously good insurance and no and someone else to take care of their right. lives while they're gone. I mean, how do you go to rehab a dozen times without someone, some support system that's taking care of it? Right. So it's a tiny minority of people that are like, hey, yeah, I went to that one too. Most people don't go. 90% of people with federal criteria don't go, <laughs> which means it's probably 19 or, or out of 20 or 39 out of 40 who don't go, wow. who are kind of, you know, maybe I have a weed problem or I might have a, the, the people who are sort of, fun with problems that stage they they don't go at all because there's nothing for them you're not going to quit your job or right right or get get on a list or spend seventeen thousand dollars that's the average out of out of pocket cost to go right. away for a month especially when for most people and i'm not knocking rehab wow. if you need to go you know go i think that's for some people they get they get great results but it's it's a small percentage it's less than one out of ten are sober one later so it's a thing people mostly don't want to do, and then it mostly doesn't work out. And so we need something else. And I'm trying to come up with something else here, which is the essence, right? So the essence is what we've been talking about. You have to tell the truth. Now, you don't have to tell it to somebody else yet. You can just tell it to yourself, but you've got to record it. Yeah. And ultimately, that's when things change, right? When you said, hey, I don't want to die. Maybe I'll make a podcast. Yep. And, and uh, it's the... Yes. Yep. Well, it kept me account. It kept me accountable. Which is the funny thing. It kept me totally accountable. Like even on those days yep. when I mean, because the habit of it slipping through my head when something bad is going on is ingrained. It seems yes. like when everything's they're going kind of lopsided. I can be like, I can always die, and it's like that's a terrible, you know. But it's like in my my psychiatrist and I have talked about that, and they're like, that's just because of how you have. Well, there we go back into this is because this is how you grew up, that this is like one of your coping mechanisms now is that, you know, if things get too tight, you can die. But you're on the other side of it now where you're like, I know there's another way. Once you can see the other side, there's no way you're going to die. Right. You can, you can see that, there's life after die, this. You're you know? I love the title of your show also that you're exactly right, because you're not getting rid of it. It's not like you can snap your fingers or take a medicine or, you know, chant with the didgeridoo and have it no. disappear. It's like, okay, I've got this thing. Like for me, I no, like it's... to drink, and <laughs> but it's been 20 years since I had a drink. But the want to is still there. It's still, it's still inside. And the, and the chances that it would develop into a problem, I'm honest right. about it. It's, you know, that still exists. Or at least there's a risk. So I stay away from it. But yeah, how do you, um, uh, how do you uh, deal with it without you know giving up? Now, uh, Dontree, let me ask you a question because I, um, I had an hour budgeted for this, 
but I'm enjoying the hell out of talking with you. Can we, is it possible to pause for uh -huh. a minute and then pick it back up? Do you have time to do that? Okay. Is that all right? Um, why don't you, um, yep. why don't Absolutely. you sit tight? Yep. Totally. Do and uh, can I call you back? Give me like 20 minutes. How's that? Um, I can call you back when you want. What time? Call me at, call me at 1120. Okay. Sounds like a plan. I'll okay. call you at 1120. I'll send it Bye. Okay. Okay. So kind of a weird place for us to stop right there, but we did. Um, so this is part one of the interview with Dr. Jason Giles, um, having to do with addiction and a whole lot of other stuff. Um, a little bit about COVID and a little bit about just coping. And uh, part two, we talk more about his VHAB system and more about addictions and substances. So this is Dawn Sharina. This is my podcast, Dancing with Bipolar. And hey, let's all stay alive, okay? Later. Hi, this is Dawn Shireen of Dancing with Bipolar. As we all know, COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. There are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease, however. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your face, including your mouth, nose, and eyes. Cover your coughs and sneezes. Monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor. Stay home and away from other sick people, except for medical care. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov COVID-19. That's cdc.gov slash COVID-19. Thank you.